Hey guys, welcome to episode 167 of the JV Club with my boy of summer, the marvelous Hal Lublin, uh, my cohort in uh, uh, thrilling adventuredom. Um, had a, such a wonderful time podcasting him. I hope you guys enjoy it. You know, I'm haunted with this feeling that there's probably more I'm supposed to be telling you about other than these email shout outs that I have to, uh, to get. Um, I'm haunted, guys. Haunted. But you know what? I got to move through life, haunted or not. So I want to thank Allison for your wonderful email. I want to thank Sunny in Hawaii for yours. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Stephanie and uh, her support, of course, Ami Love. I want to just say hi to Terry. Uh, I want to stop saying I want to in front of every single one of these sentences. Wesley, I want to thank you for your uh, your uh, link to the history of cootie catchers. Swara in the UK, dude, you were awesome. Thank you so much for getting in touch. Anthony, thank you so much for your uh, note about sharing the podcast with uh, a couple of uh, gal pals of yours. Can't believe I just said gal pals. I'm 11 D and uh, I want to thank Martha for reaching out and, uh, and uh, talking to me about time. And again, that's a book that of course came up on the Colin Hanks episode. And I just, I'm so fond of it guys, as much as I am fond of you. I hope you guys have a a great week and uh, that you enjoy this episode with Hal. Bye. Now entering Nerdist.com. This is already pure gold. I got to get this. I got to record this ASAP. Mike technique. Hello. Good distance. What's good distance? Good distance. Good distance. Di- direction above, uh, below. For sure, I need side. you to hold. If you could just dangle it. <laughs> like I'm a like I'm an announcer at Madison Square Garden. Could you do a dangle for me? I feel like I'm going to unplug it and it's going to be That's terrible. A good, there's a good chance that will happen. I'm I really always, afraid. I kind of still, even after whatever it's been, three years, kind of always still think to myself, is everything, like... And I've had plenty of things go wrong, but sure. there, but there is this sort of precariousness to it. That's like, <laughs> is am I? Is this all still ma- this magical thing? Well, did I do it? I do I rap three times and say a couple of like <laughs> pig Latin words, and it's all going to work? Please, it's so many wires and yeah. dials, and like one thing wrong, and forget it. It's lost to history. It's and the kind of stuff that the kind of magic that you and I are making. I know. <laughs> I don't want to say it's worse than lost chapters of the Bible. But it is. But I. But I mean, you said it. I did. Thank you for finishing that for me. That way, neither one of us said the worst thing. We just together <laughs> said the worst thing. We're like the electric company. Those two faces that were <laughs> facing each other and finishing things. They, they weren't responsible. Sac relig. Sac relig. God, I love those. That is a great example of that kind of um, television making. Like children's television is kind of a perfect example of like. Oh, simplicity is brilliant. Oh, it's okay to just do something so simple and small, like have that, like have silhouettes of faces with little words coming out yeah, and them going together. And then you have this great learning tool. And learn how to pronounce. Yeah, you learn how to pronounce all these words. Yeah. And now it feels like a lot of kids, like the television shows are trying to raise kids. Mm. Like, here's how you share and be a good person, uh-huh. which was part of the, the yeah. stuff that we grew up with. But it was also more like, hey, you want to learn a little Spanish? Right. Come on over here. We're going to teach you a right. little bit of Spanish. <laughs> 
just enough. Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. Do you think that there are meetings like that where, I mean, there must be where people in, at, at Networks for Kids are like, well, they're not getting this from their parents, so I guess we got to teach them about it. That's kind of how I felt about the movie Inside Out. It was like the most brilliant thing ever. It's like, yeah. oh, good. This is just a conversation parents don't have to have with their children now. <laughs> when your daughter or, turns 12. Yeah. <laughs> just or it elicits a conversation, I guess, is the more optimistic uh, perspective. But it's probably the other thing. It could be. They're Did you see it? Yes. Isn't it so good? I cried throughout oh, God, the entire movie. Too. It was a problem. Uh, it was for me, too. Did you see it in a big theater or a little theater? It was a pre- I mean, it was a decent-sized theater. I mean, from the short, I was crying. Yeah. And me, I was like, what is that? It's so beautiful. Yeah. And then, like, <laughs> they're just like, that's how I feel, too. Yeah. I have emotions also. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's really... I- I'm interested if it speaks to all adults across the board the same way it speaks to the adult children mm-hmm. that we're all friends with, that we work with because of what we do for a living. That's You true. know what I mean? Yeah. Because to me, it feels like, oh, that's not just kind of close to home. And it doesn't call up any old memories or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It is just like, oh, that's how we all feel all the time. But I guess that's the point. Yeah, I think it is really it is really relatable. But I think because we're all adult children, we're probably a little bit more we're willing to and maybe purposely access that stuff mm-hmm. really quickly. Because like, what if I have to cry later on right. at some point? Right. Like, there's a part of you that... <laughs> Right? Like a little bit? I when you cry, like, close. I have to remember for oh, a time that so I have gross. to cry. It's so terrible. It's, it's so true, terrible. Though. It is. I guess if you are, like I mean. a little bit. Like yeah, 1%. Just a little bit. More than a person who has never had to fake it, I yeah. guess. Crocodile yeah. tears. Right, can you cry? Can you cry on command? Where does crocodile tears come from? I no, fake. I can't really. Well, you know, crocodiles, they don't cry. They're very fake about it. Yeah, but do we think, but we, are we fooled? <laughs> are we like, you know, those sensitive creatures, crocodiles? That's how they, that's how so many people get eaten by crocodiles. God, that's it? <laughs> hey, it's going to be okay. Oh, no. <laughs> God, if that were true, I'd feel we all deserved it. <laughs> They're just that good. Crocodile they fools seem you once. So sad. Shame on you. Crocodile fools you twice. Fools you. Tw- fools you twice. <laughs> fools you twice. Well, I think what I was trying to say is foods you twice, which is actually not incorrect. No, because not at all. You will become food. That's right. Poor crocodiles. Poor if I've people. learned anything from this podcast so far, it's that I need to pity crocodiles and pet them whenever possible. Yes. Somebody's got to stop their tears. Um. Somebody has to. That's my superhero <laughs> strength. Um. Have you now? This is a this is a weird question to get into, but uh, this is what it made me think of. Okay. Um, Growing up in Arizona, I had my share of dangerous creatures that are somewhat more commonplace to me, like your black widows, your tarantulas, your rattlesnakes, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it is lousy with scorpions, for one thing. Sure, you have to check your shoes. Got to check your shoes. I do. I still habitually check my shoes in case there's a scorpion or a black widow in it, and that's never been a problem in in San Francisco or Los Angeles. (laughs) But it's still in there. Sure. But where did you grow up? I grew up in Philadelphia. So no alligators there. No alligators that you know of. that I ever saw. They could have been Even around. in the sewers. No, I no. never checked. Okay, although there was uh, so that so I've my early childhood. I was in like a row home in Philadelphia, and then we moved out to the suburbs. So we had a backyard for the first time Ooh. and a creek. And oh. you would drop into the creek. It was like a four foot drop to get in. It's like six inches of water, and then you could walk through the creek through a cement tunnel. which went underneath the street. So it was sort of like you were in the sewer. And I always wondered if I would find like an alligator or a Ninja Turtles, what I was hoping. Would you? Yeah. Because even the thing that you're scared of, you kind of hope you're going to see. Yeah. And that's where I'm going with this is 
to me, the idea of a crocodile or an alligator was like, in some ways, the most terrifying creature I could think of that is still around on the earth, except for sharks. Sure. And so this idea of people, like, the, I had never been to Florida, and I only went to Florida in my, I guess, late 20s. And the people that I was visiting were like, oh, yeah, and in that little pond out back, sometimes we'll get an occasional alligator. And I was so horrified by that piece of information, but also so fascinated and thrilled by it yeah. that I spent an inordinate amount of time sitting on their back porch, like screened in porch, just staring at the pond like a child would, like a dog sure. would, waiting to see if something, there would be some movement. I would see like a twitch and it would be like, is that what it is? And it would be like a dragonfly, you know? Yeah. But did you have, so you did, did you have that same kind of thrill and fascination with like the thing that might give you the creeps? Yeah, but that same thing, I wanted to be really far away. Yeah. Like I don't want to be hurt. Like I'm, I'm de- deathly afraid of spiders. Yeah. So to be anywhere where it's like, yeah, we have black widows and tarantulas, whatever. By just the way, check your shoe. I, they, these guys know, I am very afraid of spiders all. So I'm sure. better about it now because I had to be from living alone and stuff and living somehow in a place where there's always spiders. But uh, where did the uh, – did, did you see a lot of spiders when you were a kid? I saw one. That's it? <laughs> That's all I needed. That's all it took. There was like a – there was a doctor's pet shop was the name of it, which I First guess was all, a chain. no. What? Doctor's pet doctor, shop? But with a Confusing. K because they're wacky. Mm. And among all the different animals they had was one tarantula in, and it was in – an aquarium and it would just sit there like a hairy lump and every once in a while you would get the one leg that would just come up like he was explored like Mm -hmm. and and in my mind i was like he's checking to see if my face is there (laughs) so he can eat it and kill me scary finger and i would be like a good 15 feet away Uh through two layers of like i think it was in an aquarium behind glass Mm -hmm. and i was Mm -hmm. still so terrified that it was gonna break free yeah just that terrified me. But did you see, was it also, were there movies where you would see stuff happen or is it just, I'm just, because I know a lot of it is innate. I know that we're still like from the couple of science podcasts I listen to, I always crane my ears whenever the subject of spiders comes up Yeah, because we are still, there's still an innate part of us that's kind of supposed to be afraid of them just to be safe. Yes. But I don't, I'm, I'm just interested in who hangs on to that on a deeper level versus people who are like, Hal, it's a spider. (laughs) They're tiny. They don't want anything to do with you. Yeah. They're not plotting to take over the world. Like people have to tell me because I secretly fear that that's what's happening. <laughs> I and I have too. my reasons for like I well, I because I saw so many creatures like that. Although okay. tarantulas, I kind of like because they seem like little mice. Um, <laughs> I, know, I really, it's super creepy. Even, to even the say word. That. Do you have like an animal you're so afraid of that even the name just gives you like you get chills? I, I am that way about black widows. Ooh, okay, you know what yeah. I am that way about? What? There's something called a. I think it's called a Palaverde bug or a Palaverde beetle. Okay. Those are in Arizona. I think they're totally harmless, but they're like the size of, you know, I, I don't know what this is, like a Twinkie? Like a salt and pepper shaker? Like Twinkie? a salt and pepper yeah. shaker, yeah. And they fly. And oh that is a very scary proposition. And somehow I made it through most of my life living in Arizona. I mean, I only live there till I have 17, but, or 18, but, um, in Tucson, I somehow had not been aware of them until teenagehood, <laughs> teenagerhood, but I don't know how I could have not known about them because they're ghastly. And my first experience <laughs> with one was I was sitting in someone's car. I will let you talk during this podcast. I want no, you to fear I'm, not. I'm, I love this. This is like, a, these are ghost stories. It's because the den is, a, <laughs> the blinds are down. It's very cool and dark in here. So it's turning into ghost story time. I was sitting in uh, my friend's car with the windows rolled down because it's summer and it's hot at night. 
And we were at a gas station, so you have like the big buzzing fluorescent lights above um, the uh, at the top of the gas station mm-hmm. roof, whatever. And I saw like that thing where you're sort. I was just sitting there. I think I had my feet up on uh, the dash, and I and there was like a shadow moved across my feet. And I was like, "What is that a bat? Because there are a lot of bats in Tucson. Uh-huh. And I looked up out there, and I couldn't see anything. And I turned back, and a fucking Palo Verde beetle <laughs> was sitting on the dashboard right near my feet. And it was almost the length of my foot. Oh. And I made a sound. I don't know if I've ever made a sound like it since. I know I make sounds I'm not proud of when I see bugs, that's a, or I just get general surprises. I think of myself as like pretty cool customer. And then I make very... <laughs> Not to be sexist, but like because we live in a sexist world, what would be described as very girly sounds okay. that are, I think, all inhale, no exhale. I think it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's not a squeal out. It's a suck in, but everything gets so tight that it turns into a shriek. But I, and I couldn't like, where do you go? You know, it was sort of like, if I move my foot, it'll like, I've never felt more trapped. Yeah, you were in a face off. I was in a face off. <laughs> and that's, I was like something, I saw something in here. Like I saw a science experiment. This is not. And someone was like, oh, that was just a Palo Verde beetle. I was like, how did I not know of all the things in Tucson? How did I not know about that? Um, I saw a cockroach about that size once Ugh. in in Israel. I was in Israel on a teen tour, and we were stay we stayed at like hostels, youth hostels, mm-hmm. which are the cleanest uh-huh. places on earth. So I hear, and they're like, uh, they warned us. They're like, hey, when you you stay here, just be aware they're not going to hurt you. But there are cockroaches oh, here God. that are the size of salt and pepper shakers, oh, which is why when you made that size, I was like, oh, I know. <laughs> so there was we found one and. Like all of the boys surrounded it, we were trying to like destroy this bug. So it was like, all right, we have a lighter and some hairspray. Let's set it on fire. And it was like Rasputin. The thing would not die no matter what we did to it. You single handedly proved that it would sustain a nuclear holocaust. Yeah, it would live through. And eventually, what? And eventually, it was killed. But it took a long time. What killed it? I think. I mean, nobody stepped on it because I feel like if you stepped on it, it would be like, like become like a surfboard. It's like it's like what what the rescuers down under would ride on. It would become like on. a roller skate. It would yeah. just take you would careen <laughs> off with it, dragging your other foot behind you yeah. somehow. You just go whoa. <laughs> That's the noise when you try to step on that thing. <laughs> oh god, I feel sick. Oh, they're so awful. They're so awful. There's what would so you see? So you would be like af- you would be afraid yet excited to find a teenage mutant ninja turtle. Yes. Um, under the creek. What were there any other things that were like that came into your house did you because you live by a creek so did you have the sort of like oh well we get a lot of mosquitoes or whatever like things Um, that there were ticks in the woods Mm because it was we had like our backyard and then crossing the creek was like a little like gazebo type bridge and then you'd be in in these woods nice though it was great ticks aside yeah it was like you could go exploring and there were houses nearby so you weren't going to get lost it wasn't like acres and acres of woods but there were ticks there my mother was so paranoid like this is how you get lyme's disease you're gonna get lyme's disease all right you came back i have to take your shirt off i'm gonna check sure make sure you check everywhere sure you know like check everything yeah i've <laughs> she might have been hold like, on this check is starting your to balls. <laughs> like, <laughs> she had seen stand by me yeah exactly by the way, it's very easy for me to insert everything you just said into a stand by me like situation except for the <laughs> fact that you didn't grow up in the 1950s i didn't didn't you no. 
I am timeless. You look very young. Thank you. Um, and also, that's one of those movies where you kind of wish for all the horrible things that happen. It's a that's a well done movie when you have something a lot of really sad, upsetting things happen, and you still walk away being like, I wish that had been my childhood. Yeah, it's there's I wish we really, found a body. It's really romantic. I wish a dog had almost killed me in a junkyard. Yeah, exactly. How great would that be? Exactly. I wish I had a friend who was emotionally fragile. <laughs> Because his father was a crazy Vietnam War vet. World War Two, World War Two. Janet, War II. do the math. Do yes. the math. Do the math. Uh, there's no. But didn't that kid? Didn't Corey Feldman's character end up going to like Vietnam or something? He did go to Vietnam. I think he based on Richard Dreyfuss' voiceover. Maybe he was killed there. Yeah, I think you might maybe. be right. Those vo- yeah, that's like the big reveal at the end of that film. Was yeah. like, was it? I mean, they never saw it. I can't do a good impression. No, that was really was so good. Bad. You have never heard you not do a great impression of whoever you tried to do. <laughs> One time I was doing ADR uh, additional or automatic dialogue replacement, whatever it is. Additional dialogue recording. Additional dialogue recording. I think it's is possible. It is. I never knew that that's what that stood for. I'm, I'm guessing. Let's good guess. Everybody look it up and, and correct me on Twitter as, <laughs> as you're known to do. Wonderful. Um, and I walked and walking through the sound studio, and there are a bunch of different stages and stuff. And Richard Dreyfus is sitting in the lobby, and he's hunched over on the cell phone. He's like, "I told you ten times!" Like he was really upset. And I, I, I had to walk past him, but I wanted to just stand, just so good in, right out of his eye, eye line, yes. and then just stand there and listen to him. Yes, you did because yeah. you're a human person with a heart, <laughs> a beating heart. I would have too. I feel like it's one, of, but I, like. Was he really upset about it, or was it like, I told you to get the green lettuce. You got the purple lettuce. Who can make a salad with that? I love it so much. Oh, God. How satisfying is it for you to hear? Because every once in a while, if I get an impression decently, because I don't know that I, I feel like I'm okay at it, but I'm not, it's not something I'm great at like you are. Is it as satisfying for you? I mean, you can pat yourself on the back and on, on this podcast. Is it as satisfying for you as it is for the people, other people listening? Because I'm so delighted. If I hit something, it kind of sounds like a person. I'm like, oh, did everyone hear that? It sounded like she was in the room. <laughs> but I feel that way too. Like you I don't do. think I don't think of myself as somebody who does really good impressions. Okay, like well. uh, some I can do okay, but I also think it's like, and and you know this too. Like you can pick up like what's the essence of somebody Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then when you get it people are like oh that's just like them right right if it's like dana carvey doing george bush yeah didn't exactly sound like him no but like you're like oh that's george bush whatever and 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 oftentimes it is especially if it's like sort of a a situation like that where it's like pundity or sort of satirical then if you can find the thing that annoys people that they maybe didn't even realize was the thing they anno- that annoyed them and you can capture that yeah then for sure you've got something because people are like ugh, i do hate that about him you know <laughs> yeah i agree with you you're right that's, like, that's ultimately the good feeling you feel correct yeah I think that's, I just, your voices are so, you're so good at them. You're so, so good at them. And it's not like I don't, you're someone that I continuously know that about because I have plenty of opportunities to hear you do it. But unlike some things you become used to with friends, for some reason I'm surprised every single time. And again, it has (laughs) nothing to do with my expectation of your ability. Right. It's just one of those gifts that um, just keeps giving. (laughs) 
hate myself so much. No, that's a really great. Compliment. No, but it is. It's not like, and it's not like I'm like, oh, he's, oh, he's doing a new voice. Even if you just do voices on, like the voices you always do on Thrilling, for some reason, I don't like. I'm not like. It's not like I'm standing next to someone else who's like, oh, he's really good, and I'm like, yeah, no, he is. I know he is. I'm always like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, but uh, thank you, first of all. <laughs> That would be really is. weird if I just, just kept going. Just sycophantic. Here's my thing about bicycles, guys. <laughs> no, uh, no, that's really nice and that means a lot. But you also know, like, because you do voiceover, so you've done, a, you are also, you also do a ton of different voices and, and you're great at it. Like, you, do you ever feel like all of your voices sound exactly the same? That's how I, I feel. Yeah, I do. Oh, that couldn't be further from the truth. But I guess I do in the sense that, uh, well, I don't I don't know that I hold on to voices like some people. Or maybe, or also maybe this is just one of those things where everyone kind of feels like this and you don't realize it until they've done it for 10,000 hours or whatever it is where I, I separate myself from the quote unquote real experts or the real professionals, people who really seem to know what they're doing. But (laughs) maybe because as I was going to, as I was, I was about to say like, Oh, but when I get hired to do a voice, sometimes I'm afraid that whatever I did the first time, I won't even remember how to do again. Really? Kind of. Cause I'm like, Oh, that was so long ago. I don't remember what the impetus was. I don't, maybe I didn't have a really strong inspiration for it. And so I just don't know. And then uh, thank, Thankfully, they often play it back for you, you know, after you've been hired, like you should hear what you were originally doing. But um, but now that I think about it, I feel like people like Carlos Alas Rocky, who works every day or great a while, people like that, they still want an audio reference and they still make jokes like, well, I hope I uh, <laughs> whatever it was, I hope I still got it. <laughs> so maybe it is just a thing that we all kind of go, when yeah. is someone going to realize I'm a fraud? See, I feel like I get I do the opposite uh, when it comes to auditioning for stuff, and I'm very fortunate to get a lot of opportunities to audition, I always feel like, oh, I didn't make a strong enough choice. I didn't really show what I can do. But if somebody hires me, then I go in and I'm like, all right, I got the job. Now I can have some fun. Oh, that's so which good. Is like, that's how you sh- – I mean, if you had to feel that way one place, thank God you feel in the audition and not at the job because yeah. many of us do feel like, uh-oh, well, there, there I've is been that, hired. There's Crap. that moment where you do something like it's like the first take of something and you do it and you're like, I think that was pretty good. And then like they're not pressing down on the button so you can hear it and you just – you can almost hear like the – Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it feels way too long. Yeah, yeah. Like they're, are they I looking at hire – like could we hire that other person? Yeah, it's a real exercise in – that's a – that feels almost like a prank. Like it feels like it talk about an exercise in security versus insecurity. Mm-hmm. Nothing feels like you can see people's lips moving. You're in a soundproof <laughs> booth and you have no idea what is going to be delivered back to you. Yeah. They could be saying anything. They could be like, she's so ugly. Have you, this has nothing. <laughs> listen, this has nothing to do with what's going on, but she is so ugly. I just have to say it. I just needed to say it. That was great, Janet. Let's get a second. Take. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to say that was great. Let's get a second take. And then yeah. I want you to pump in the cyanide gas. Oh, God. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> is it is it smoky in here? I don't know how cyanide <laughs> gas works. No, that was great, Janet. We're just going to get a second take. <laughs> okay. Oh, God, those booths. Anything could go wrong. You're absolutely right. 
Um, okay, this is what I this is what I'm imagining. We know that I've imagined you as the Will Wheaton character from Stand by Me. Okay, uh, <laughs> who plays out in the Crick? Yes, I said Crick. Yeah, more folksy. Why not folksy Hal? Um, and uh, do you have brothers and sisters? Only child. Yeah, baby. You too? Yeah. High five. There you go. We did it. That's why we were so good at complimenting each other. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we desperately need yeah. the love of a sibling. Yeah, that's right. Um, we the Okay, so the row house. And then how old were you when you got your own kind of little wonderland in the back? That was, I must have been uh, eight or nine. Okay. And did you were, you, were your friends, did you have friends who also had access to the kind of fun wild wilderness like that? Was that common to the Philadelphia area or... Um, when you were out in the suburbs, there was a little bit more room to sort of wander around. And, and the friends I had, some lived in the suburbs, some didn't. I did not have a lot of friends on my block. There was like one kid who was my age. He was like a year older. So we would hang out and he liked soccer. So I was like, all right, I guess I play soccer now. <laughs> okay. And then we'd play basketball and stuff. But uh, yeah, like I would have people over and we'd wander around. That was more, that was more sort of what, what mm-hmm. happened in the neighborhood. Would your mom uh, insist on checking your teenage male friends' bodies for ticks? <laughs> no. That sounds like a website, though, doesn't it? <laughs> sure I'll have it to is. check you for ticks. I'm sure it is. I don't know why that voice oh, happened. No, it's good. That's the, that's the kind of woman who wants to check her son's friends for ticks. <laughs> Although uh, my best friend once had a tick on him. Oh, you never have had it? Even after all that, you never had a tick? Never I've only had, had a one. tick once that I know of. It was Did a French tick. Really? Yeah, How did you was. know? Were you in France? Yes. <laughs> It'd be so crazy if I... I just had a feeling. <laughs> it was like... Oh, was I was in Milwaukee. I'm on, the, yeah. I'm on her leg. <laughs> it made me feel very special. How did you get it off? Did you do the, the um, match? Were you yeah, like the I think match they and... let a match and then use tweezers or something. That's what we did. But I don't even think I had a sense. I probably have Lyme disease, by the way. Uh, <laughs> for my one tick experience. I don't think... Because in Arizona, you just don't hear about Lyme disease. So I don't even think at the time, because I was 16, that that was even a thing. Did you have any paranoia like that? Were you suggestible in that way? Where um, you would think, I might actually get Lyme disease. Wait I a minute. that's developed more. My mother was always so paranoid. And my mother was sick all the time. So mm. I was more concerned for her than I ever was for myself. Like, sick with colds or sick? She, no, she... Uh, she had like rheumatoid arthritis mm. and, and God, lupus so later hard. in her oh, life. Oh, gosh. And it was like... You wouldn't know it had you met her because she always was really well composed and was yeah. like, if I if I look good and I act good, then I'm going to feel better. And so she she went outside in for that. That's a but, great, a really great attitude. But like I grew up with her, like I I know most of the hospitals in Philadelphia because I visited her there and would go to the the cafeteria and there were nights where it was like, all right, mom's in surgery, so now dad's going to pick you up, and it was just oh wow, it was te- wow. I was terrified. I was terrified of losing her all the time. Yeah, which probably made it more devastating when she actually did pass away although it was way i mean it was like that was t- uh 10 no not 10 years ago my goodness 7 years ago 7 years ago so and what like, when you what do you mean that it made it more devastating when you did lose her because it was it was like the thing i was so afraid of as a kid mm-hmm. um yeah i guess that fear lives in that visceral deeper part of us those things yeah like i where it really started for me was first time she had to go for away for an extended period of time was when i was going to second grade and she went away for i want to say like six weeks Mm. something like that so it was like in a new school it's not going well not very popular no 
and my mom's not around. How much information did you have about what was where she was and what was going on when she, you were so young? She was pretty good at communicating with me. So I, you know, uh, I was aware of what was going on, maybe too aware even later. Like I always knew what she was going in for, but it was always terrifying just because she went through so much and it wasn't always like she wasn't having like bypass surgery or anything like that. But you know, anything that she was having done, every time you have surgery, there's a risk. Yeah. And ultimately she passed away. She had surgery on her foot and had a blood clot in her leg. God damn it. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Like, that was the oh, thing God. that got the the woman who was always sick and who I thought was going to outlive everybody. I was like, she's going to bury me, yeah. and she'll be like, she'll just be like a leg with a mouth. Yeah, and she'll somehow <laughs> put me in the ground. Yeah, um, she'll be a good looking, fit seeming leg because oh, that will make her feel leg. better. They're like that leg is put together. Oh man, <laughs> she would love this, by the way. Oh good. Well, that makes me happy to hear. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's. Oh boy. So, well, yeah, because if you, because if you had sort of worked through your fear of it and then it came back yeah. when you kind of, the hardest thing about that, and I hope your answer to this will be what I want it to be, but if you can, it can be as honest as you want. And if sure. in this case, it's like that thing where you hope that someone has a near death experience and they come back and they say, you know, it was very calm. And instead they come back and they were like, it's the worst thing I've ever experienced. <laughs> I never want to die. Um, but do, <sighs> That's the kind of thing where, you know, we all do that thing where we protect ourselves and we say, if I just stay afraid of this, it won't hurt as much. Mm-hmm. If I just prepare myself for the heartbreak, it won't hurt as much when I don't, you know, if, I, if to the little things to, if I don't care about this boy that I'm going to, you know, if I'm assuming he's going to say no, right. then it won't hurt as much. In my experience, it still hurt the same amount, whether I was ready for it or not ready for it. And yeah. the only thing that changed was how awful it was feeling that before I had to. Yeah. And I'm just wondering if you had, when that happened, did you feel like I could have protected, like not that you thought this specifically, but did you have, there was there any kind of like, I sh- I never should have thought she wasn't going to, because now this is also shocking and painful. Um, no, I didn't think like there was nothing, there's nothing I could have done that would have made it less shocking or more shocking. I don't think, um, I really like, I think for the first year after there was a part of me that was like, I'm going to get a phone call and it's going to be her going like, listen, I saw a mob killing. <laughs> I had to make myself disappear, Yeah, but I'm fine. Yeah. Like that, that's more, that's more the weird thing that I kind of held on to. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, it's still very shocking and very painful, but I didn't feel like, it almost sounds like you're asking like, did I f- well, did I, I feel like, like oh, because I was so scared, like, did I create it? In no, some way, I'm not or? asking that at all. I think that's a really good question because I think sometimes people go to that guilt place in their minds. I think that, um, so I just, no, I guess I was just saying that uh, sometimes when we let our guard down or if we do get to the point where we're like, God, I was so afraid of her dying and now I think she's going to outlive all of us. And yeah. then she dies and you're like, well... <laughs> yeah, oh, I right. was better off when I thought when I was sure she was going to I was going to lose her because somehow I was preparing myself in a different way and I don't and uh, so my point oh, yeah. was I guess the lesson I was hoping to kind of bestow on some of the younger listeners or even just any of us who haven't gone through a tragedy of that level not to say you know tragedy just being like it's a trauma I should okay, say trauma yeah, sure. um, that it doesn't do any good to just 
wait for something hard to happen because it either is going to happen or it's not going to. And it's not like you would have felt better. Like if you would have been like, well, listen, I didn't, not a day went by that I wasn't waiting for her to pass. (laughs) So now I'm, so I'm really okay with it. You know what I mean? It's like, you were going to feel horrible about it no matter whether you expected it or not. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And we can't live our lives trying to protect ourselves from these things that are painful that happen to us. Yeah, you can't. uh, Absolutely. No, I think that's a hundred percent true. And if I had, yeah, like it doesn't, it doesn't, if anything, that would almost make it worse because then you're like, then you do get into that space of like, well, I thought about it. All I did was concentrate on it happening and now it's happening and I should have held on to the good stuff. But you know, the, the weird thing is that like I, I had seen her like two weeks before she had been out to visit and we like, I had some, some sort of resentment. Like there was something going on and I talked to her about it. We cleared the air. The last thing I ever said to her was, I love you. Like in terms of, of having a separation from someone you love couldn't be better. At the same time, there are part, like here's the thing I carry around the most and it drives, uh, Jennifer's very understanding of it, but it also cannot be easy for her, which is the morning that she passed away, I called because I called her. I talked to her pretty often, Mm -hmm. a couple days a week, if not every day. And like, I didn't get a hold of her. I was like, oh, she's probably in the shower. I'll talk to her later. So then I find out she passed away. So now when somebody I care about, if I can't get a hold of them, I immediately go, something has happened. Jennifer, Jennifer, and Jennifer has a bad habit of, of not plugging in her phone enough. Oh no. So it's kind of like, what happened? Why did she do the thing? Which is totally me. But, uh, that is like a weird, that was a weird thing to hold on to from that. I think it makes sense though. I mean, yeah, there's, uh, we all walk away with things like that. When, when something happens, it kind of stamps itself on our brains and our hearts in that, in that particular way. Yeah. Were you close when you were in high school? Did you go through the sort of like mom phase or did you stay pretty close? (laughs) Um, for both, uh, both your parents. Maybe a little bit, but not really. Like, she and I got along really well. She was a youngest sibling, and I had no siblings. And she was really fun and immature. Mm-hmm. So a lot of in a lot of ways, she was like my younger sister. Like, I would tease her. Uh-huh. Because she had OCD. So mm-hmm. she would, like, she would come and touch my shoulder and then touch it again. And then I knew she she had to touch it a third time. Oh, so wow. I would take off and make her chase me around the house. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm going to fix you. We're going to fix this oh, right now. Wow. But, uh, yeah, like, here's the thing. High school, eighth grade was great. Lots of friends. Ninth grade, completely the opposite. Like, just didn't – I missed the the big orientation trip because I had surgery on my foot to have, a like, a mole removed or uh-huh. something. So oh, I'm no. sitting at home. I'm like, they're going to – all the cliques are going to form. I'm going to be left uh, out. Day one and, and that yeah, really happened? And that's what happened. Like, a couple no. of friends, I – like – I have friends from from that year who are still my friends now, but it was just really awkward and really tough. And my mother was the one I would hang out with because oh, she was always funny. there to, to yeah. hang out and talk. Yeah. What uh, what click uh, did you and if that's in fact yeah, something yeah. that happened for you when when you were in high school? What what did you what were you like going into high school? And what uh, was your high school like? I, so I went to a Quaker school, a private Quaker school. <laughs> So it was really, I had forgotten that you told me that when yeah. we were talking about podcasting. It was very like hippie type school. So and you had your junior high been like that as well? Sort or? of. Yeah. By like eighth grade, I was like Jim Morrison's the greatest. Uh-huh. I'm gonna have long hair. I'm gonna wear glasses that I think look like John Lennon's sure. glasses. 
And I had like a t-shirt that I thought was really deep. It was a white t-shirt and it had a tic-tac-toe board on it. And it was uh, skull and crossbones versus peace symbols. (laughs) (laughs) And the peace symbols won. I was like, come on, everybody, right? Gulf War, y'all. Gulf War. Um, That's amazing. Oh, God. I love the person who came up with that is like, yeah, we did it, you guys. We're doing whatever. We're, we found a way to say in symbols what everybody else is thinking. Dear Nobel Committee. Oh, God. I normally don't uh, nominate people, but in this case, my own work is so outstanding. I think you'll want to give oh, me that God. medal and dollars. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, boy, that's hard to beat, that T-shirt. Um, <laughs> but then, so then, like, yeah. I had the long hair went into ninth grade. How long? Like, um, sh- like shoulder like length? shoulder length mm-hmm. and then long bangs, like, over my face. Sure you did. Um and this girl I had a crush, a crush on, her name was Juliet, and she was not interested in me. But I was always like, hey, how's it going? And I couldn't ask her out because I was way too nervous. But I think she figured out, like, oh, this guy likes me, so maybe he'll do whatever. And she's like, how about if you let me give you a haircut? Oh, wow. I'm like, okay. So we're in the elementary school. Excuse me. Of the so the the school was like pre K all the way through twelve. Oh, okay. So all the different wings were connected. Oh, wow. Okay, but so you so your ju- the junior high part was did you did you graduate did you matriculate? Did That's matriculate. the word I was I looking did. for. I did. I went there. You from went in there. Second grade I can't all the way through. That you stayed in the same general school <laughs> oh, system, great. and but but then that that happened in high school. But it shifts because you're all going from being like 12 oh, and 13 to, to like 13, 14, or 13, yeah. 14 to 15, yeah. 16. And yeah. you all of a sudden you see the kids who can drive and stuff. Yeah. It's just like, it was just like a change. Mm-hmm. But we all like, the weird thing is no matter what happens to you as a group it, in that school, at least at that time, my graduating class was 39 kids. Oh, that's so, so small. At the end that's of like it, the size of one class for me. Like, exactly. English yeah, you went, did had you 39 like people. Big, mm-hmm. How big was your graduating class? I don't even know. To be honest, I skipped people. my graduation. My dad and I went on a road trip. That's How's awesome. that for pirate versus peacenik? <laughs> for poison versus john lennon that's right <laughs> oh god yeah so i don't really know but it was big it was a big school it yeah. was actually two schools in one so oh, it was wow really, well it was two schools on one campus so it was very big oh my god when you take the two and put it together i couldn't even tell you how large i can't even yeah i can't even yeah. imagine because ours was like ours was so, so there's just nowhere to run but by the end of it you're all like we've been through this together so we're all connected to one another mm-hmm. Kind of comes back around. Yeah. Like like you have that bond, especially the kids. There were kids there that I went through whatever, 11 year, 10 or 11 years of school with. Well, what, so that's small, that's a small group of clicks too. I mean, that's really like, how did that, how did that uh, break itself into pieces? That small class. Like I still, it's still the same people. It's just, there are less of them. So I guess you can't, there's no escaping. Like if there are kids you don't like or kids who are teasing you, you don't really get a huge yeah, I don't break care from them. They're for that. Always there. I don't care for that. Yeah, and the, here's the other thing: is like they're doubling up. So the kids who are kind of uh, douches and uh-huh. bullies were also like the AP science and math kids. Oh no! Who have gone on to become like physicists? Hey, and, like, it's not supposed to turn out like that. Yeah, exactly. It's very. It's very bizarre. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, wh- were you? What were you involved in? What were you excited about and stuff? In scholastically, were you a good student? Uh, no, I was, well, I was a lazy student. Okay. I was smart, but I, could I just see didn't it go- care. I could see it going so many different ways with you. I just was, I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> I could see you being like, oh, I was valedictorian. And I could see you being like, oh no, 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 I didn't. No. I didn't. 
I, not until college. Like I got to college and because I didn't drink, never have had a drink in my life. I was like, I don't want to go to all these parties. It's just people getting hammered. Yeah. So all I did was schoolwork and I had like straight A's my freshman year. Uh-huh. But in school I spent, uh, it was all about uh, performing, acting. Yeah. And freshman year, freshman year, the the guy who was running the theater program was also the tech director, mm-hmm. so he didn't really know about acting. Oh, so it, the way we would learn to do like a monologue was to assign movements to every line, like what? no sense of it, just like what? you put your ha- put your left hand out when you say to be, and then put your right hand out when you say or not to be. <laughs> well, that's just good advice right it's, there. Oh yeah, it's the best for that acting. monologue. That's why I have all those Emmys. Oh my, on my in my home. <laughs> But yeah, it was like the worst habits oh, no. ever. And then I had a great uh a great teacher junior and senior year and I got to learn like what equity was and how that worked. Like he ran the casts ran like equity casts. Oh wow. Breaks, and had That's a cast really deputy cool. and we learned how to be like the things that 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 help me work now, like when I'm lucky enough to get work, being nice and being professional and working quickly, those are all things I learned at that age. That's at like really 16, cool. 17, 18. Yeah. So, yeah. And he's still, like, the teacher I had, I still talk to him. Every once in a while, he listens to, like, Thrilling Adventure Hour and stuff. Oh, that's great. Which has been really neat because I want him to feel like, hey, what you taught me had a really big impact sure, on me. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. What, what kind of plays would you guys do in a Quaker school? Was it the sort of a conservative <laughs> environment? You said hippie. No, it's, so it's more, it's more just... And like, was grading conventional? I don't know what a Quaker was. school was like. You know, you th- you. everybody thinks when they think of Quakers, they think of like Mennonites, mm-hmm. but it's the opposite. It's like okay. old money liberals. Okay, okay. So it's like meeting houses, the meeting for worship, which we would do for like a half hour every week. You go and sit in this old. I mean, the school was founded in 1697. That's it was the second oldest school Whoa. in the in the area. The, our rival school was the oldest school by like two years. I hate those guys. I know they're real jerks. Yeah, popped collars, oh, dare they? <laughs> sunglasses Duck on their tails. heads. Is that still a thing? <laughs> yeah, it, that's it a hairstyle. Okay, great. Again, this was the 50s in Stand By Me times. Yeah, that's exactly. Um, <laughs> I got in my big bopper, etc. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you would sit there silently and reflect. And if you were moved to speak, you would stand up and speak, which meant when you got to senior year, everybody would stand up and go like, I was filling out my college essay and all I can think of was what a great time I had here and how we're all connected and I love all of you and I'll miss all of you and sit down and the next person gets up. I was working on my college essay <laughs> last night and I realized how much I'm going to miss all of you. So yeah. you just get the same stuff That's uh, all the time. <laughs> That's so sweet though. It's funny because I don't, I guess I don't know much about um, shaker culture and or religion, mm-hmm. but that's one of the rare things that I actually still really appreciate about the Mormon church is, is the testimony meetings that they have once a month. And mm-hmm. I think I'm sure I've talked about it on the podcast before, cause I've had some ex Mormons, uh, as I am, I guess I technically I'm still a Mormon according <laughs> to them, but that, that feeling of, um, even when I didn't believe, which I never really did, mm-hmm. The testimony meetings are where it's the entire congregation and it's the same thing. It's like <clears throat> whatever is whatever is whatever through line there is at various meetings each Sunday, um, only one Sunday do you fast mm-hmm. and then and then the the meeting is sort of turned. It's always kind of turned over to the par- parishioners. That's not what we are what we call it, but like a congregation. Yeah. The brothers and sisters. Of course. Uh, <laughs> Somebody will give a talk. Some people will play music. Someone, mm-hmm. a missionary, will come and report from his time in Germany or whatever. But um, for testimony meeting, it really is kind of like 
we do these three things and then it's a free for all. That's <laughs> it gets crazy. Yeah, I'm in a parade right over in that it's corner. Uh, but you know, so so there's like a little stool, and like children will decide that they want to come bear their testimony, and so mm-hmm. you have like the mom holding a Ziploc bag of Cheerios in one hand, and the kid in the other, and like they push the kid the the stool up to the microphone, and then there's like a really long time where you're like hearing like the <laughs> as like the mo- microphone's being adjusted, this tiny child, and then you hear like the mom was being like. And the kid's like, I like to bear my testimony. <laughs> I know the story is true. <laughs> In the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Amen. And then they leave. Wow. And it is so cute. And like, and then sometimes younger people would get, or any, of any age, people would be moved by the spirit. Yep. And they would cry. And mm-hmm. it's it's very sweet comforting sort of like welcoming it's not like somebody rolls around on the floor and is speaking in tongues which i also was secretly fascinated and excited about yeah see the listen to the jenny wade episode um <laughs> but uh but like that feeling of like i never felt compelled yeah. but i felt but i but at the same time i did because i was so stirred by other people's feelings yeah. and so that's what that brought up for me when you were describing that in the in the shaker world is it is very much quaker quaker god damn it sorry shaker <laughs> furniture <laughs> no it is very i know they make great way, chairs yeah, yeah. The, quaker, the quaker's ladder backs and oats. oh man god do they make great oats Fantastic. how many times has someone in your life made that joke Seventy thousand. <laughs> you were the seventy thousand. i did it i have a plaque well, for you thank you oh my <laughs> there god you go. this is beautiful well, hewn of oats <laughs> uh boy um so plays that we did um i'll tell you the plays we did the good doctor which is a neil simon sort of anthology okay um, so some comedy, some sophisticated, yeah. fun, yes. broad comedy. And, and I got to do the actual comedy. Good Doctor short, which is a, like a 19th century dentist pulling a tooth, like a quack dentist pulling somebody's tooth. One of my best friends, Jesse, played the patient. And uh-huh. it was like, uh, that was like my first chance to really do comedy in a play. And I was like, this is the greatest feeling on earth. I'm ready now. I'm going to be on SNL <laughs> probably in like a year. It'll probably be like a year. Yeah. Um, but I just love doing that stuff. You know and who then, else is a big Neil Simon person is your friend Richard Dreyfus. The two of you <laughs> could have right. talked. You the goodbye talk. girl. She was, she was in it. You're so good at that. How dare you? Lost in Yonkers. <laughs> Oh, I'm 80 million years old. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he really is. Uh, what else did we do? We did She Stoops to Conquer, restoration okay. comedy. Yeah, that's a lot of com- – that's some good comedies. And that was another – I got to play Tony Lumpkin, who's like the comedic guy. Yeah. Uh, and then Spring – Did you guys do any Shakespeare? We did We did do like a Shakespeare, like a monologue competition, like mm. a speaking competition, mm-hmm. but I was not good at monologues. And I got chicken pox my senior oh, year geez. of high school, and so I was – Sick for like two, three weeks, right around when the when everything happened. So, so the teacher actually came to our house and coached me. But I was like, cover. I was like in pajamas. Oh, I was like, no. uh, uh. I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't even remember what monologue I did. Yeah, I was just ter- like feverish, itchy. Yeah, yeah. All I was like, this language is weird. Like uh-huh. I didn't think. I, w- I wasn't out of my head enough as a performer to think about like, oh, there's truth behind this that sure. I can just play that truth. Sure. Um, and then, oh, we did the Apple Tree. That was our fall What's musical. The Apple Tree. The Apple Tree is a 1960s musical. Don't sit under the Apple, apple tree. tree. Is that where that comes it's from? It's not. Okay. <laughs> All right. I was like, I'm bringing at least something to the table. 
But that should no, be I'm in not. it. Yeah, it really should be. It was it was like three short stories, like Lady and the Tiger, The Apple Tree, which was the story of um, uh, Adam and Eve, okay. written by Mark Twain. They oh, to wow. That's great. And then I forget. Oh, and then Passionello, which was like a Cinderella type story. Hmm. All comedies. And it, when it was done in the 60s, it was, it was Alan Alda and Barbara Harris playing all the parts. Don't mind if I so do. So each one uh, as the leads, but love we broke Barbara it up. Harris. She's great. Everybody oh loved God. Barbara. She was, everybody was in love with her. In my mind I now. I was alive then. In my mind now. <laughs> that's right. You've replaced Alan Alda in my mind. And you did those. You did that play in high school with Barbara Harris. I wish I did an Alan Alda impression. God. Phil Hader does the best Alan Alda impression. He does maybe the only Alan Alda impression. Yeah, I guess you don't hear. But he does. He's very distinctive. Yeah. Somehow he slipped through the cracks of not being impersonated. Yeah. Um, and and so you love theater. Did you play instruments? Did you do? Were you so committed to those sorts of things that you weren't even really like? Obviously, you loved comedy, so mm-hmm. and you loved SNL. Yeah. So you must have been watching stuff like that. Were you were you a movie buff? Yes, loved movies. Yeah. I got that from my parents. Came by and honestly, we went to movies all the time. Like Would they take you to weekend. stuff that you were technically too young for? I saw National Lampoon's Vacation when I was like six or seven. Yeah. Like they there had, you a, go. We, had a, we had a VCR and they got a VHS cop. I guess they knew. The guy who ran the local rental place, so he name would give us the movies early. I don't like not the actual brag. name. An, an actual name was not dropped. <laughs> no, that was his name. His name was, okay. his name was movie <laughs> okay. guy. He had no choice. He was as to French. What to do with his life? Sure. <laughs> had I a knew tick. a French tick once. Yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> oh boy. But yeah, I, w- I remember watching that at a young age, and and having a huge like Christy Brinkley was my first crush. Sure. Her and Marsha from the Brady Bunch. You course. did. You chose. You chose Marsha. I had a what teddy bear named Marsha. No, you didn't. Named after the. Named after? Yeah. No, hold on. How old were you when you had this teddy bear? Seventeen. No, okay. I was like, I, I must have been like five or six. But you named it after. It was because you had a crush then on Marsha that yeah. you named. It? Oh. Yeah, yeah. I was a. What about I loved, like? I was girl crazy. Was well, and girl because crazy. those were reruns for both of us, so mm-hmm. the Brady Bunch was. Were you watching like Bewitched and I Dream of Jeannie? I feel yeah. I had a crush on Jeannie. Yes, of course. I no did too. When I, I don't think I started watching until I was like eleven or twelve. Mm-hmm. Maybe it started because it started on like. Uh, Nick at Night and then VH1 and yeah. like the 60s sort of came back in yeah. the late 80s. God, can you imagine? It, the, the idea behind what that was is so crazy to think about now. Oh, that the, we watched a thing that was like, yes, master. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at this beautiful woman. She's basically a slave. I know. <laughs> oh, master, I did not like when you did that. Well, at least you got to tell him how she felt. She would play, she would prank him. Yeah. You know, she would for being a, sl- a slave who lived in a bottle. <laughs> God, I love that show so much. It was great. Anything like that where there's a sort of like underlying sexuality, but you don't know, you don't can't, you don't know what it is. You're yeah. too young. You, you just can't don't really pick it up. You wouldn't, if asked, you'd be like, "What?" But there's just something <laughs> happening under, under, clo- behind, under closed doors. Yeah. I almost said, I think under closed <laughs> cellar doors. When you're trapped, I'm not sure in the cellar. I'm not sure what I mean. <laughs> uh, I was always like. uh it was like, if that was me, if I was Major Nelson, I would kiss her. Uh, yeah. Totally kiss her. So, I would kiss her I've so much. I've been around, y'all. That's all there I is, right? I know what's right? up. Yeah. Yeah. When, when did you, you, so you had a, I know you had a crush on, well, first of all, I know mm-hmm. you had a crush on Marshall Brady. Yes. Uh, I'll never forget it. Um, yep. But w- the girls in your school, the girl that wanted to give you a makeover, yes. <clears throat> which is not uncommon for girls her. and boys in yep. these relationships. Um, what, did you have any girlfriends in high school? No. Well, I had one when I was like 14. Again, it's all the same people, right? So that's yeah. got to be hard too. It's like. You yeah. might always be thought of as this kid that this, or you know, the girl feels the same way. A lot where of people like, dated oh. multiple people, but I was just so sh- I was so shy and so like 
just no self-confidence. And yet here not, you were in theater. Yeah. Being so funny. I guess it's so funny. The crossover that doesn't happen yeah. between certain levels of confidence. Because you're somebody else. Yeah. Like, oh, I can like that. I think that's the appeal for somebody with really low self-esteem. If they enjoy it, it's like, oh, I cannot be me for a while. Wouldn't right. that be nice to like, and, and people will like what I do and clap and that feels good. Yeah. But yeah, with girls, just no confidence. Like even, uh, have I ever told you the story of how Jennifer and I, I how we started think dating? So. I don't think so. We were in a sketch group at Second City uh, when it was on Melrose. Ben Acker was also in that group, and he and I spent a lot of time together back then. You know, but he was mad of the people back then. Back then, oh, <laughs> oh Sir Ben, yeah, Sir Ben, yes, Sir no, ben. he, uh... <laughs> he and I would play every Monday. We would go play racquetball together. Oh, that's fun. Hey, where can you play racquetball around here? It was the Hollywood Y. Is that still a thing? I think it is there. Yeah, I feel like I never hear about racquetball anymore. I was just wondering Not if it had gone away. It. The dodo. It was. It was really like big that in two thousand five. <laughs> person use that in 20 years oh boy <laughs> but, but we would uh we would hang out and we would write sketches together for the show and i i had seen jennifer in a show she was hilarious still is hilarious she's so funny and uh she's so multi-talented she's incredible like she she comes from a family of superheroes they can all do anything like, uh-huh. i decided uh i decided i wanted to learn greek so i learned greek this yeah. weekend it'd be like I that kind of thing natural curiosity about the human genome so i <laughs> now now what now 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 dinosaurs are back yeah. but they're harmless <laughs> i figured uh, out where they went wrong at the uh, jurassic park films finally but uh she like i we would hang out and flirt she was flirting and i was like i'm getting to hang out with this girl she does not like me Aww. and uh so i was talking to ben about it he's like do you want me to ask her out for you oh no i was like this is amazing oh come on do you, I mean, even like, no, but if you did, <laughs> you just find out if she's interested and then I'll talk to her. So he went and spoke with her. He went to see a show that she did and went afterwards. He was like, so what do you, what do you think of Hal? Oh, God, and she was like, great. I think he's great. He's great. Yeah. But what do you think? Like, do you like him? Like, would you, is, is he the kind of guy you go out with? Oh. Like, is, does he want to ask me out? What if he did? <laughs> He was very protective. Sure. Uh, this, is the, this is the story that Jennifer tells. Like, I, I don't know that Ben would tell yeah, the story the same, the same version, but he, yeah. he was like, you got to be, he's a good guy. You have to be nice to him. Hmm. And then uh, he came home that night. It was like, you got to, he's like, dude, get ready. Cause we're not going to be able to talk as much anymore. You got to oh. call her. And then I did and thought I asked her out, but wasn't sure if I'd asked her out. <laughs> I was like, Hey, uh, I'm doing this show that Ben wrote. Why don't you come see the show and we can get a drink afterwards? I don't drink. Uh-huh. And, uh, she Could was mean like, anything. Could mean yeah. anything. She's like, oh, yeah, that was great. Uh, that sounds great. I'd love to. And then I got up the phone. I was like, I still don't know. That feels oh. like I didn't really ask. I don't know if I really asked her out. And then I saw how she was dressed from behind the curtain when she walked in. And I was like, oh, this is a date. And my heart like oh. sped up. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I can't imagine anybody not being that way about you in friendship like i can't i you or the type of person that i would imagine inspires those sorts of loyalties and like you know what i mean like right. i've never from the moment i met you i would never say anything other than like oh my god he's the best guy like he's such a good person <laughs> well, it would be you. it would be a real a really amazing nefarious like surprise if <laughs> if you turned out to have like this machiavellian ability to Dance like for me, yeah did Dance. you hear what happened? 
25 years. I always feel like I'm really lucky to know like so many cool people. Like I feel like uh, some people don't do a good job of curating is not the right word, but like whoever you hang out with aren't like you just hang out with people for some surfacey reason, especially when you're a kid, which is why a lot of those friends don't stick around. Right. And I was very much like whoever is my friend is going to be my friend forever. So like I have a group of like, let me see, one, two, three, four, like six, five or six people who are like my siblings. Like, oh, that's they're so my brothers great. and sisters. I've known them all. The most recent of them I've known for uh, twenty three years. Oh my god, that's so cool. Yeah, and they and and you're all c- close as a group, or mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Because I feel like I have you know some one on ones, but I don't have that tight knit. Uh, Stephen Falk, who I podcasted for Boys of Summer, also has mm-hmm. this group of guys that are there's like a text thread that they're on every single day. Yep, yakking about this and that, and that I don't. I mean, I except for a Thrilling Adventure Hour, which I now have, but that's a very <laughs> recent thing. But yeah, to have that, to have the people who are tight as a as a group is very, I think, very rare. It yeah. seems like it's rare. It, it. I didn't. I wasn't aware how rare it was until. Until I talked to other, like, even with Jennifer, like, she has friends from childhood, but she didn't quite understand what it was until she met everybody. And it's weird to hang out with all of us because we immediately go and do, like, yeah, remember when we were all 13 sure. and blah, blah, blah? But also, like, I, I like, I love for all my friends to, like, I want all my friends to be friends with everybody. Yeah. Like, I want everybody to know everybody. And that, do you feel that way, too? Or do you I like think to, I, I, I absolutely do now. I think it took me a while to get there. And I think that being an only child, um, I and, and having parents who never remarried and who divorced, mm-hmm. uh, being used to that one-on-one dynamic or being alone, <clears throat> I think I did feel. And also, like, I did have, you know what, I'm sure so many of us did. If you weren't the person doing it, you were the person getting it done to you. I was never the person doing it. I definitely had like the three friends who suddenly stopped talking to me for no reason mm. for a year. And then, you know what I mean? Like I had a couple of those. Yeah. And I think I was just really scarred by it. And so I think I'm ashamed to say this because I don't think I come off this way now. But I think um, especially not maybe not so much in high school, but I remember situations where I would I would sort of fear my friends hanging out without me. And I think and I've never put it together until right this moment. But yeah. I think it's because I really had some bad ones of those where I, I was sort of suddenly bullied yeah. by friends oh. and I didn't know why. And they would just stop talking to me and they would just hate me. And then they would, and then it would be okay again. And I didn't know what I had done to make it happen. And I didn't know what made it okay again. And so that, not knowing that yeah. lack of certainty, I think I felt like, oh, if I have this person right in front of me and it's just this person and me, yeah. I'm safe. But when you introduce this next person or these two other people, there's going to be this opportunity for me to get left out. And I think, I really can't believe I never thought about that, but I think that was a real thing for me for a long time. Yeah. Because now I look at it, I'm like, oh my God, you don't know so-and-so. Ah, oh, this is going to be so great, you know? Yeah. Um, and I don't worry about that happening at all. It's exactly the opposite. But I really, I think it was hard for me to to sort of want that. Yeah. Oh, it's so I fe- shameful. I felt that way too, though. I felt like not, uh, I mean, it's that. Sometimes for me, it's more like a fear of missing out. Like, oh, for sure. I just feel yeah. like I'm not going to be invited to like, sure. Like, I'm just not important enough to be invited. Right. Less that, not as much bullying, which sounds horrifying. Ugh, so but it's I, the worst. We did that group of friends had a. There was a guy who was in who's in that group with us who just 
had a lot of problems that I, I hope he has dealt with, but like he was intentionally driving people apart and putting himself in the middle. Mm. And that's like when we all figured out it almost destroyed a lot of relationships sure. it sort of frac- fractured everything and thank goodness we all sort of came back together and went wait no did kidding. he tell you and then i heard but he did this well, yeah because then- it sounds like you had enough of a foundation that that would get kind of sniffed out but there yeah. are lots of more delicate arrangements in those hormonal years especially where yeah. you're just going to believe you believe all we all believe all the bad feelings more anyway and yep. then on top of like just being passionate and insecure and who am I and trying to figure it out and all of that kind of hormonal stuff, the idea of someone being successful at that is like terrifying. And I'm sh- very, I mean, that would be very successful, I think, yeah. in a lot of groups. And there, but I, there is still like a feeling, like I want everybody to know everybody, but there is sort of a feeling in the back of my mind like it could happen again. Yeah. I don't know that it, that ever hundred percent goes away, but you sort of have to go, well, I can't, I can't let this control yeah. me. I would rather everybody know everybody and be friends. Like, yeah. Because w- why would, why would you, it's almost like you're punishing people. Like you, you two would get along really well, but I need to keep you apart because I'm afraid. Yeah. I something. need you to know that I'm really special and God forbid you yeah. get excited about someone else. You're going to think <laughs> that I'm not fun anymore. Yeah. That was, I think I really felt that way. I think I really thought like, Oh God, again, it goes back to that sort of, what if they figure out I'm a fraud? Like what if they just mm-hmm. decide I'm not like, Oh, thank God she brought us together. That was her real purpose. I see now <laughs> we were meant to be friends, not with her. Um, but no, I mean, even with like, like the, the, our text chain that we have for the the Australia trip, yeah. that picture of uh, of Hobbiton, yeah. you know, I didn't go because I had been, and I, I thought, well, I don't need to go, you know. And now I wish I would have gone just because it was an experience that you guys had that I wasn't part of, and yeah. I know that that was my choice. And I still am like, oh man, I should have gone to <laughs> Hobbiton. Yes, I've been there before, but I hadn't been there with those people, you know. Yeah, but it, well, yeah, it's also tough. Like for me, if somebody's not there, I'm like, oh, is it? sometimes I still it's always a struggle I think self-esteem is a struggle it's like an ongoing thing I'm like oh is it my fault like I'm here and they looked at who was going and they saw they were like I'm so sure yeah Yeah. you know so like but yeah it sucked that you weren't there and then Ben and Julie didn't go either but it was also cool that whole experience was 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 cool because we had all really just been on stage together, mostly as a yeah. large group. Yeah. So to get to travel together and see everybody just sort of in civvies yeah. was was really, really cool. Yeah, it really was. It does. It creates a different kind of bond for sure. Yeah. Um, and also just like leisure time, like that sort of thing creates a different bond. And tra- yeah. but, but definitely travel. Like it's so funny because Jackson yesterday was talking about, um, I don't know when that podcast comes out, but he mentioned something about the actual flight and being at the airport together and stuff. And Mm -hmm. in that in and of itself, like the fact that I've been on a plane that crossed the continent and then crossed the ocean (laughs) and went to the other side of the world. That's like, I'm never going to, I, knock wood will never serve in a war um but there is this sort of sense of like god we really were on this plane together it was like a 16 hour trip you know we got through it and that that 
small act in and of itself feels like it creates like just this tiny piece of a bond that just couldn't have been there otherwise, you know? Yeah. And I think it was the, I, I also think it was the right time for all of us to go. Mm. It, like, I think when you're younger, like I went, I went to Europe with a group of people, that group of people and, and cockroach, the cockroach trip. The co- no, this was, that was Israel. This was right out of college. Oh, okay. And totally different. Yeah. It was like everything we did had to be together. Like, nobody could go like, I'm just going to go over here to this museum. It was like, no, we have to stay together as a group. Right. Which and means it takes forever to make any decisions. It takes and- forever to make decisions. And you can get on each other's nerves really quickly because you don't get a break. But this this trip, I know for me, like I was always so happy to see everybody. Yeah. And I felt like it was a really good mix of getting to spend time with people and also knowing that Jen and I could just go explore on our own. Absolutely. No pressure. Absolutely. Like nobody was nobody was dependent on anybody for anything. Yeah. Which, which made it a lot more pleasant. I totally agree. Yeah. That's sort of the perfect trip for me too because I am such a loner in some ways that feel that having that feeling of it's okay that we all need our own time and and yeah. it's also great when we're we meet up at random or we make a plan or whatever happens yeah god it really was such a good trip i can't i it's listen i gotta get into this nash game i can't believe how fast it's gone um <laughs> uh okay all right uh boy all right first category it's a very self-serving category okay first category is three places in the world um the thrilling adventure hour gets to go and do a show uh and travel together all right, Hawaii. Mm, I'm in. Uh, London. Yeah. Well, that one's just going to happen. Yeah. We're just all of course. That. We've no. all. Yeah. Wait, we're all willing. Ha- now it. it has to happen. Um, oh, Switzerland. Nice. Yeah. I love Switzerland. That's beautiful. I was there once very briefly, and Me I'd too. love to go back once very briefly. Me too. God, it'll be so fun. <laughs> um, great. Okay. Uh, next category is three um, fictional worlds. Okay. Albeit, I mean, it, it could be you know like. Middle Earth or Dagobah. Those are my two favorite go-tos okay. to express to you that they're not real. Uh, three imaginary <laughs> places in which you have a vacation home that you can go to whenever you want. No okay. danger. No danger. Uh, Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. Get in line. There's no line. It's just you and me. There's no one's no ever line. said that. No one's ever said that. Couldn't agree more. Oh, God. Um, that mu- the cream and the mushrooms. Oh, man. Just all of that. The licorice. I want to taste every single solitaire even stuff i don't like in real life <laughs> i get all over it and yeah really you, try, you finally country. would experiment with different foods yeah. possibly i would skip the chocolate river <laughs> are you sure i don't know it's so weird that augustus fell in it's just so <laughs> dirty you don't think they've cleaned it since then i don't Shocked know the river those of the loombas might have revolted that's true the river used to be clean before that kid fell in. <laughs> then the Oompa Loompas took that as a signal to do whatever they wanted in there. <laughs> they started dumping all their Oompa trash. I don't even know what that is. They're used white overalls. I'm not sure. That's right. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, okay, Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. Right, Gorgeous. Chocolate Factory. Right, Gorgeous. Um, oh, man. This is tough. Uh, I almost feel like I go to the whole real town, even outside of the chocolate factory. Cause wherever they shot that, that's true. It was so like, where are we, cobblestones? <laughs> and why does Charlie not have an accent? Yeah, but some people do, and mm-hmm. most people don't. Yeah, like half of his grandparents. Yeah, because he has a British teacher, yeah. like a foppish British teacher. <laughs> All the kids are super American. Weird. <laughs> And great. Okay, great. Willie Wonka's Chalk Factory. Sorry, I just had to say that. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go Cloud City. Best right. from uh, Empire Strikes Back. Great. It's beautiful there. Nice Beautiful. Views. I love a cloud. Yeah. Why, why not? Uh, oh, geez. Another place? 
let's say Hoth, a nice, a nice, like you know, to go celebrate the holidays. So it's cold there. It's very cold, but no wampas nearby. Don't worry, I said no danger. No I danger. Came with it. I just don't want them creating problems in the area, leaving droppings. It's probably a whole thing. Oh, it's a whole. <laughs> it's thing. a whole thing. Don't even get me started. Ugh. The tromping through people's yards. Yeah. Also, it's not really their fault. It's hard to tell where someone's yard stops and someone else's yard begins. <laughs> All they uh, see is that they're, just ice. they're just hungry. Just snow and ice. Um, okay. Oh, speaking of hungry, uh, three foods that have no uh, negative physical ramifications whatsoever that you can have in perpetuity, but you like, and you can snap your fingers. So it could be like a certain sandwich in, from Philly that you could have, just like conjure it up, master master genie style. Okay. Um, or like just chocolate, anything like that. All right. Uh, scrambled eggs. Now hold on, that sounds yep. not bad for you. Oh, it guess that's I mean, like, a lot of cholesterol. Waste this wish, oh, okay. I guess. Oh, okay, oh, I, see. I guess. I thought it was whatever I pick will have no. Rev- well, that's true. If I eat, like a fifty scrambled eggs. I don't. Dead. I shouldn't have said that you. Well, no, to I, do I, I well, I just want to make sure I understand. All no, right. no, no, a scrambled eggs is great. I, it just in my mind that's like healthy in comparison to some of the shit I would throw out. That's here. true. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Um, what if you're like scrambled eggs with heroin? <laughs> scrambled eggs with heroin. Scrambled in. But also kale. Sure, 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 sure. Superfood. Sure. To digest the heroin better. Yeah. <laughs> got it. Got it, got it. Um, second would be a cheesesteak without onions. Mm-hmm. Whiz without from um, Jim's at 4th and South okay, in Philly. Great. great. And the third would be one of those Vermonster buckets from a Ben and Jerry's filled with mint chocolate chip ice cream. First of all, I didn't know that there was such a thing as a Vermonster bucket. Yeah. Where have I been? I don't know where you've been. How big Do is you the hate bucket? Ice cream? It's sizable. It's like, <sighs> you know those buckets that, that double bubble comes in? Yes. It's a little deeper. Oh, heavens, yes. I've never had one before. Like I've only you would seen t- Like afterwards, you could take it to build sandcastles if you hadn't dropped dead. Uh, it would be like you'd be building a sandcastle fort. <laughs> And it would kill the effort would kill you after having yes, yes. done it. God, that sounds great. Yeah. Um but mint mint chip? Mint chip. Absolute favorite. Mint chip. Their mint chip is pretty good too. And like whipped cream and and Jimmy's and stuff. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Jimmy's. Do you like nuts in there or does that feel too healthy? Eh, yeah. What let's not ruin it with health. Yeah. But there would be kale, a bed of kale underneath. <laughs> Just to help digest because sure. of the heroin as well. Also, I don't know. I don't think that kale's easy to digest. It's possible, but <laughs> it, unless you eat kale so that the other stuff seems easy by comparison, <laughs> I'm not really sure what I meant by that. You're just taunting your digestive I'm system. I'm not really sure what I meant. Um, I got to get this out of the way very early. I have a lot of guilt associated with this category okay. that I'm teased about mercilessly. All due respect to your beautiful and talented superhero wife. Okay. This is a mash game. Mm-hmm. I will need to ask you for three ladies. Mm-hmm. I don't care if they're real people or if they're like, if it's Jean Grey. Uh, but three women with whom in an alternate universe you have some romantic times, who have an alternate marriage, whatever, some sexy business. Okay. Three. Sure. Uh, let's go with the crushes I had when I was a kid. Perfect. Let's go with Marsha. Perfect. For the Brady Bunch. But like 18 to 21 year old Marsha. Uh-huh. I'm also that age. I I'm understand. Not like, I'm not understand. like, like get, into my, get into my Corvette. <laughs> this is okay because I'm 50. <laughs> um, uh, mid-80s Goldie Hawn. Oh, sure. Protocol. Come on, right? Protocol. Uh, uh, what did I... I mean, I loved Overboard for sure. Oh, of course. I can, I've seen like that movie. That saucy minx. So many times. Yeah. And then... 
this is 90s Goldie Hawn, but I love the movie House Sitter so much. <laughs> God, I love that movie. She's still beautiful and alluring. She really is. She's still got it. Okay, mid, and, mid-80s Goldie Hawn. Great. And then I'll go with Christy Brinkley from Vacation. Sure you will. Of course. Christy B. She looked like, yeah, she definitely had to do very little, which is probably for the best. Yes. But also was good at uh, communicating like mischievous Yes. She was iconic. It was an iconic role. Yeah. In that film. It really was. Like it really there were no small roles in that film. Everybody did a great job. There were job. no small roles. And also Beverly Angelo Beverly D'Angelo, not uh, an unattractive woman in her own right, mm-hmm. showing us that yes, there are situations where someone's like, Now hold on. He's got a beautiful blonde wife right at home. <laughs> That's not what it's about, everybody. That's not what it's about. That's um right. okay, next category is uh three well let's go with let's go with superhero uh traits. Uh, and it can be as general as the sort of big basics you would think of, or it can be more specific like what certain X Men have. Okay. I don't know how big into comics and that kind of stuff you are. Sure, but. no, very much. Um Oh, geez. Let's go with the greatest superpower, which is the ability to alter molecules. Okay, Molecule great. man, the most powerful power of all. Uh, would everyone else agree with you it's the most powerful power of all? I think you would say it's pretty okay. powerful power. It's pretty great. Because you can change anything into anything. That's true. That's hard to beat. Let's look. Let me, let me get a little nerdy on you. Please in, do. In no, the first Secret do. Wars, okay. Molecule Man made the city of Denver <laughs> come to another dimension. Well, because a big deal. the girl he was courting wanted to go to, it was like from Denver or something. Yeah. So he's like, oh, here's Denver. And all the people are like, whoa, where yeah. am I? Sexy. Yeah. It's really attractive. <laughs> That's great. I love Molecule. Okay, so you have Molecule Man's powers. Good luck uh, with your other two now that you've already you. outed the most powerful. <laughs> These are all like, mm, uh, invulnerability. Sure. And flight. Yeah, get it on there. I'd love Let's to not fly. Pretend you need to. That'd be fun. I agree. I think because of what it represents for us in our dreams and stuff. I mean, if you want to go down that route, yeah, it is. I think that on some level, when we say that, we are also saying, "I wish I were not afraid of anything." Like, yes. in a, like I feel those are more interchangeable than even invulnerability. You know, sure. that's true. Deep down, yeah. Because when I think about flying, I think, God, if I wasn't afraid because I had the power to just like be in the air and not worried I was going to fall, I could do anything else. That's true. You know what I mean? 100% true. Um, Okay. Next category is uh, three. Let's do (laughs) three people, uh, three real life people that... uh, no, no, I'm not going to do that because no. I just I just remembered I have a new mash category. I'm so glad. Let me see if I can look it up or at least remember to, what it is. Yell! I don't want to. I don't want to forget. I don't want you to yell at me. I know that much. I don't. You know, I'm sure I'm, I don't want you to yell. At I don't. Me. I very rarely. I don't lose my temper really. I Who I knows what would I happen? No, I don't. I certainly don't know. It'd be terrible. Okay, here. This is so. This is so fun. Okay. This is a this is a new one. That. This is so fun. This is, a, <laughs> this is just so fun. This is a new one from uh, from a listener. If you okay. had the power to recall one item from any time in your past and have it with you again, in whatever shape you desired, at the snap of a finger, what would it be? I don't know if that will mean something to you or if that's something that I identified with and the listener uh, identified with, but um, just yeah, any any three things that you don't have anymore that you're like for whatever reason it could just be that it was like a thing that made you laugh or it could be something oh. that someone that belonged to someone. Do you do you know or am I asking you the weirdest question? No, ever? no, no. I uh, so. <laughs> 
Okay, good. This was I the one. Want, this was the right. Oh, like question. I want to cheat and say like a group of things is one thing, but that's that's cheating. Well, if you think you have more, you need to add, and that group can live as its own thing. I, I'll accept it. But if you say a group of things and then you realize you don't have two other ones, then I'm gonna kick your butt. Okay, fine. I'm gonna start with the thing then. The okay. Group of things. Okay. All of my Star Wars toys yeah. back in their packaging. Yeah. Hey, I want them back in their original fair packaging. Enough. Um. I also here's the second thing. I had a stuffed Pluto from from the Disney characters oh, yeah. that I lost as yeah. a kid. Never found it again. Oh, Would love to have that Pluto back. Oh, Pluto. Sure, that's a great and one. The third thing, when we moved from our second house, we had a Commodore sixty four, uh-huh. and it had been packed away. This was like this was moving in like nineteen ninety nine or two thousand, and we were like, we should get rid of this. I would like to have that back. Yeah. All of it in full functioning Yes. Order. That Commodore 64. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how... God, the nostalgia I feel about things I never thought I would care about. Yeah. That's when it's... That's when you realize you're getting older somehow on some <laughs> level. Some part of you is aging because you see something that's like, oh, I had that same lunchbox. Jenna, yeah. Didn't you hate that lunchbox? Weren't you so angry that your mom bought you that instead of the other one? I know, but I love it now. You know what I mean? There yeah. are things like that where I'm like, now hold on. I don't remember giving a shit about this. But just because it's familiar and it stirs up something from times gone by, yeah. suddenly it feels like the most important thing I've ever seen. That's why flea markets make so much that's money. Because that's all so of our money. memories just sitting You're there. absolutely right. And I, I think also think I would just want to point out all three things I picked are from like the ages of three to six yeah, is no. when those were. I think I would too. I'm trying to think of what. Yeah, what because I've do? had a couple of. The, that's what is so fun about flea markets is that that, that it can lightning bolt something into your head yeah. that you kind of maybe thought there was only one of and it was yours. Yeah. Or it didn't exist at all and you dreamt it and to see something hit you that hard. There is this possessiveness about it that you would have, like as you had as a child. I mean, there's certain things like certain Star, like Star Wars toys. We so many people had them. It's not like you were the only one who had Luke Skywalker or whatever. But certain things that just are just rare enough that you didn't know anyone else who had it. That's a weird feeling when you see it at a flea market. You're like, is that mine? (laughs) I've had that. Is that mine? Did I wish that into existence from my dark memories? And I didn't even realize I did it. Can I tell a quick story about the Please. Pluto? Please. Um, so when I lost the Pluto, I was mm. crestfallen. And we used to spend our summers, we would go to Lancaster, which is Dutch uh, Dutch country, Pennsylvania, uh-huh. which is where the Amish people are. And we went Not to a flea market. Not speaking Shakers or Quakers. No Shakers, no Quakers. Mm-hmm. No Shakers, no Quakers. <laughs> that's what, We're just spitting the hits. Men on Night Radio. That's what everyone's bumper sticker says in Amish country. <laughs> no Shakers, no Quakers. So... I had no like lead stuffed animal, and we went to a flea market. <laughs> Let me just take that in for a second. You have to have a lead stuffed animal. Come on. We okay. all had a ton of stuffed animals. Yeah. One of them was the favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not like the children where you love them all. Either. Yeah, there's no, a, you're there's right. There's a pecking order. You're right, you're right. So we, I wound up getting this. I saw this like beanbag turtle, like fuzzy, mm-hmm. fuzzy turtle, patchwork shell. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the eye, like the eyes were getting a little damaged, mm-hmm. and I saw it. I was like, that's the, like... I really want that. I was really drawn to it. So my yeah. parents got me the turtle. It was really cheap. Uh-huh. Cleaned it off. Uh-huh. And that night I slept with the turtle all nuzzled up. And I had a series of horrendous nightmares. <gasps> really? Of the original child. Like the child who whose turtle that was. Who was like, 
Where's my turtle? Oh, like no. I lo- like somebody took the turtle and th- somehow threw it into a river and it floated down, <laughs> oh, and that's where the no. guy picked it up to sell it. Oh, so I woke no. up with like the worst guilt. I was like, "Do we? We should find the original owner of the oh, turtle." No. But I still have that turtle. It's in Philadelphia, in in a closet on its own shelf. Oh, his own shelf. Turtle. His name is Turtle. His name is that's Turtle. Name. Name You're is very turtle. literal. Yeah, I love that somehow. <laughs> We have now two turtles in water references that are completely unrelated. That's pretty good. I don't know what that means, but that's pretty good. We'll probably get that Nobel Prize we referenced earlier. Dear Nobel Committee. I never thought this would happen to me. No, that's a penthouse magazine. Totally different. Or isn't that different? No, Listen. it's not at all. Uh, okay, next category is, God, I really want to get these last two. I want to hit something that's like as good. Now I feel like we've really got some good stuff in here. Okay, uh, next category is, I'm going to go to uh, time travel. I'm going to go to, you can visit any place. Okay. Personal or impersonal. Nothing bad's going to happen to you. Sort of mm-hmm. in the protective bubble um, for as long or as little as you would like to see time travel. Can I interact with people and change the future? Why not? Okay. Why not? Uh, I want to go to. Uh, I want to go to the late seventies. I want to go to like seventy-seven when I was born mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and see what stuff was like and meet my grandfather, who passed away before I turned a year old. Mm-hmm. Grandpa. Yeah, I love I'll it. Meet grandpa. Meet grandpa. And also tell my father to buy Apple stock. Great. That's I have dreams As about that. As an aside, that. I have dreams about that too. Like I could go back and give my dad stock yeah. tips. Oh yeah, stock be like tips. Time Cop. I'd be like sure. the bad guy in Time Cop who goes back. Sure you would. Who's in the depression? Or buying just stocks. Biff with the almanac. Yeah, let's that's just, even better. Let's just call it like it is. Uh, okay, seventy-seven. You meet your grandpa. I love it. Yep, I love it. Two more. Two. Oh, I get to go to two more. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you only get to go to one. This is a process of elimination game. So oh, in the end, you're going to end up with one from each what? category. Oh yeah. Oh man. Uh, okay. I want to go to the mid '80s, okay, just to see, just to remember. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the other would be uh, 1964. I want to see the Beatles perform on Sullivan. Oh yeah, that would be really something, wouldn't it? And hang out with them. And fair. And that's sniff fair. into your microphone. That's fair. <laughs> like a gross human being. Just sound like an animal. It probably smells like skunk, guys. My dogs got skunked. <laughs> you worked it in on mass. My whole house smells like scones. It's not that bad, being very everybody. polite that he's it's not It's not that it. bad. You're going to go home and Jen's going to be like, what happened? Why do you stink? <laughs> Look, I might wash these clothes. Oh, God. But that's because I'm just a sweaty guy. As I just see you taking your clothes off as you're getting into your car. Huh. <laughs> a naked so driver weird. pulled over on Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> he said he had been recording a podcast. Uh, yep, yep. Okay, uh, last <laughs> yes. one is um, three... Three actors or characters, something like that, that would be fun to um, voice in some capacity, whether it's on a cartoon or okay. on our show or anything like that. There's just like three characters would be really fun to play. Okay. The Joker. Great. Muttley. Who's Muttley? Muttley is the dog from Wacky Races. Okay. All right. The one who... <laughs> that one with okay. the laugh. Um, and then the third... What would be fun? I would love to see a Philip Fathom cartoon, so let's just say that. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, excellent. All right, now, mm-hmm. this, is the, uh, this is the magic part of MASH, so I need you to tell me when to stop. Okay. Stop? Okay. Do I tell you now? Yep. That, no, okay. It's great. Uh, I'm going to pause this, do some calculations. 
Come back with your 100% guaranteed MASH future. It will seem as if no time has passed to the listener. If I could, if I could just step in for a moment and say, I wish you had an <laughs> item left, it would have been that shirt with the skull and crossbones and uh, peace signs. That's amazing. Well, next time I'm here, I'll tell you about the shirt oh, with the God. saw handle on it. The what? The saw handle? Uh, nope. That's a tease. That's a tease oh, for another all right. time. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, God. I forgot one category. It, this is unprecedented. <laughs> this has never happened. One, two, three, four. It's okay. We, we fixed it. We fixed it. I forgot the Ooh. actual mansion, apartment, shack, and house that is oh, what MASH stands for. That's right. Uh, we got there. Okay. Number one, I want to congratulate you on your uh, work as the Joker. Oh, thank you. It's a much coveted role. Yes. And uh, I congratulate you because I'm sure you're wonderful at it. I have no doubt about it in my mind. Oh, thank you. I'm sure that you've made your uh, alternate universe girlfriend, Marsha Brady, <laughs> very, very happy. Mm-hmm. If not intimidated. Sure. If not intimidated. A little bit scared. Uh, now, listen, you guys have a beautiful apartment in Cloud City. <laughs> sure, it's a mining colony. With a lot of apartments. view of the clouds. Perfect. And of the clouds. Oh, great. Uh, and you, <laughs> you have unlimited scrambled eggs. <laughs> score. Un- <laughs> That's such a score. Wake up. I gave you a really exciting uh, outcome of scrambled eggs. This is great. Um, you also, uh, you also, <laughs> you do, I'm sure, all of your work on your Commodore 64. <laughs> I do. Um, I make Garfield greeting cards and everything. Uh, that computer would maybe be more at home in 1977, um, but you're probably so busy hanging out with your grandpa that you don't have time to be on your computer. True. And, uh, also, if you decide that you want a different grandpa or a different computer, <laughs> rest assured you can manipulate molecules to create whatever you so desire. Uh, and uh, what I'm most excited about, because I feel sure that if any of this is going to come true, it's that the Thrilling Adventure Hour will be going to Switzerland. <laughs> Couldn't be more excited about that. Put it in that. the bank. <laughs> Let's put it right in the bank. Hal, thank you so much for doing this. Oh, my God. I do require one more thing of you. Go ahead. Which is that during the Boys of Summer series, I end each episode with my guest singing a snippet of Don Henley's Boys of Summer. <laughs> Doesn't have to be good. Oh my gosh. But do you remember it? Uh, you know how it goes? Do, 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 do. Yeah. Summer's a calling. Yeah, you had the musicology right? of it down. That's all the instruments. <laughs> I yeah. feel like I had center field in my head. Was that enough of it? Do I need to do more? Uh, I want to hear a little bit more of the, uh, the all the music that you were just singing, because that's very evocative. I don't know any lyrics. Right? <laughs> I don't ever want this to stop. Amazing. Oh, God. Hal Lublin. Please, guys, check out We Got This, which is uh, Hal's podcast with Mark Agliardi. Yes. Um, Listen, I. 
I have heard it described on other podcasts. I don't want to tell you what it is. <laughs> don't. Don't be a fool. Check it out yeah. for yourself. Maximumfun.org. You can it's find on it there. the Maximum Fun Network. That's a great group right there. Yeah. Um, and then you're at Hal Lublin on Twitter. True. And I think you have maybe a website too. I do. It's HalLoveland.com, but just come to Twitter. That website is is burnt up. Yeah, mine is also just sort of... I forget that I don't have a staff of people. In yep. fact, I have no one. So <laughs> I am here. assuming it's getting updated by someone. There's no one. Uh, no, I want to give a shout out to Nicole, who actually volunteered to sort of help with the back-end web stuff. But uh, she certainly doesn't know what my comings and goings. So I'm, it's really my responsibility to... <laughs> list stuff and i'm bad i'm really bad at it um uh hal at hal lublin guys uh thank you so much and uh we'll talk to you next time on the podcast as always the jv club theme song is back before we were brittle by the amazing say hi now leaving nerdist.com